Hey friends, this is Courtney of Kyle and Courtney Have Questions. Just a friendly reminder, Kyle and I are not experts on any of the topics that we discuss on this podcast. So take everything we say with a grain of salt. And maybe a shout out to Keela too. Probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy the show. Have you heard about Amish people? What's the deal with Amish people? It's my Jerry Seinfeld. It's not good. It's not great. I like it better than Jerry Seinfeld. Yes, hello to you too. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Courtney. I know. Well, I don't know. If, I think my video froze because you were just sitting like this, and so I was like, "Gonna count." <laughs> I I put my hand up to count, but I didn't start counting. I just stayed on one seat. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Welcome to Kyle and Courtney. Have questions mostly about how to podcast. Yeah. How do we do this? Someone tell us. <laughs> Can we get a lesson somewhere? This uh, is our podcast where we try to figure out what the F this world is all about. Each week we pick a topic we have questions about and we'll do a deep dive and hopefully we'll all learn something together along the way. She's 35 and thriving. It's Courtney Agnew. Happy birthday. Thank you. And he can rock a red lip like no one else. It is Kyle Russell. How are you, friend? I'm wonderful. Hello, birthday girl. Oh, Today's your you. actual birthday, right? It is my actual birthday. Wow. And I had to share it with all the moms in the world. That's ridiculous. I'm not a mom, so I didn't Don't get all no. the attention. <laughs> I mean, well, unless you count Stevie. I count Stevie. Dog mom. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll I go count with myself it. as a mom to Oliver and Rue and Bella, so... I you love it. Happy Mother's Day to you, Kyle. Oh, same to you. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so many warm, fuzzy feelings this evening. We're starting this podcast <laughs> off right with positivity. I love it. And I light. love it. <laughs> How was your weekend? My weekend was interesting. Uh, so I had planned to go visit my parents because it was my birthday and it was Mother's Day. They only live about 100 miles away. So I drove up. Mm-hmm. Um, but last week, as you and maybe some of our listeners know, my dad had to last minute have surgery on his knee. Oh boy. <laughs> so he had a knee replacement back in December. It was like the third knee replacement he's had on that knee. He's falling apart. But <laughs> in January, they found that it was infected. So they had to redo everything and clean it out, oh. do all this antibiotic treatment and everything. Went in for the three-month follow-up. There was still infection. So they had to do oh. it all over again. So he's got these like catheters in his leg that they have to inject antibiotics into. And it's a whole thing. Ooh. He hates being still. My mother is not a nurse for a reason. <laughs> so <laughs> we're just hoping that no one kills the other one. Like that's just, that's, that's the goal. So. Right. I, well, I, 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 Godspeed to those two because yes. your dad is a character. Oh, he, he wants to be driving is. your mom crazy. Absolutely insane. And the anesthesia <laughs> makes him really loopy. The last time he had surgery, he was like, he actually was like hallucinating. He kept asking my mom, like, who's here? She's like, no one. It's just us. It's like, no, I heard people talking. I, like there's oh, no. people here. And she's like, nope, there's no one here. <laughs> I think it was probably the radio. And he was like, nope, people are in the house. I can hear them. So yeah, it was, did it you was take Stevie with you? I did. Yeah. Stevie always goes up there with me. She loves it because they're kind of in the country. So mm. she gets to roam around their, their properties, like about an acre. So they've got a pretty good size yard and she just mm. goes out and wanders around, smells everything, watches bunnies, just lives her best life. Yeah. So. Well, you, you started saying roaming around, but I thought you were going to say running around. And I was like that. No, you're lying. Stevie that does bitch not is run old. around. <laughs> Well, my she mom mills even asked, about at best. Yeah, my mom even asked me. She goes, "Does she run much?" And I was like, "No." She's like, "Yeah, I saw it. Like she kind of ran a little bit in their yard, but it was for like ten feet, and then she stopped and was like panting, like, oh my god, what just oh. happened?'" She's, she's fourteen. Like, like she's too old for that shit. She turned around and looked at you like that was a mistake, mom. Why did you let me do that? 
<laughs> I mean, I don't even put her on a leash up there anymore because I know she's too lazy to run away. Yeah, like she's, she's not, gonna not even not even going to try. So, <laughs> what about you? How was your weekend? Oh my gosh, it was the craziest weekend. Um, I had two shows yeah. this weekend. Uh, the Bows, my group, had participated in the kickoff to Chicago Cabaret Week twenty Yay. twenty. What year are we in? Twenty twenty two. Who knows? Um, so we had like a concert where we did like a thirty minute set with four other guest artists. Um, on Friday night at this beautiful uh, new venue called Epiphany Center for the Arts Ooh. in Chicago. It used to be an old church oh, and wow. it has like the main sanctuary in it, which is gorgeous. Yeah. And then it has like a smaller like side sanctuary in it that was fitted out for the concert that we were doing. Um, and they actually do live streaming, which I didn't know until we were there. Oh. And they like record it in four different angles and they mix all the sounds. So you're actually watching like a fully produced sound controlled concert. Oh. Um, on live stream i'm like uh we need to do more shows here yeah i mean let me know when you do because you know i'll watch (laughs) it was it was really cool venue and then um last night we were at back at drew's on halstead did a full show just the bows there um drew's yeah and so i look like a raccoon today because i you know you never can get mascara off completely you really can't like it's there for at least two or three days even like even if you scrub even if you scrub I know. I always love when you see those mascaras and they're like, it comes off with just water. The fuck it no, does. No, it does not. <laughs> and if it does, I don't That's want shitty that. mascara. Listen, I cry like once a day. So I, I, I need my mascara to like yeah. hang out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a millennial cry I was just gonna say I think that's just being a millennial though we just yeah. cry like once a day just, you know, um, a little bit. also Joe and I on Thursday we went to see Doctor Strange and the what is it multiverse what are of madness your thoughts? yeah what are your thoughts stunning that movie was stunning really um, okay. Elizabeth Olsen is First of all, she's gorgeous. But second yeah. of all, her performance was so good. Um, and they introduced some new characters that had some new abilities. It was it okay. was really fun. I really yeah. enjoyed it. And while we were there, it's right next to a Barnes & Noble. So, <gasps> I mean, we all saw my story that I, like, was too nervous to get books about being nervous. Yeah. <laughs> um, the irony in that. And, I mean, but- those should be, like... Not they, they they should have a brown paper bag covering them, right? Yeah, like so like, that you don't know what it's almost like you're buying a dirty magazine. Like you don't yeah. want the cashier to see it, but it's also like you gotta. You're like, you know? I'd be less embarrassed buying Playboy. <laughs> I absolutely would be. At least it's like a normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> she would be like, Oh, this uh weird person has no self-confidence, but at least he's buying a book about it. That's um, what Amazon and online shopping is for to buy exactly. the embarrassing things and exactly. no one has to know. <laughs> but um, right next to those books was this book, 3001 Would You Rather <gasps> Questions. Kyle! So, Jackpot! You don't have to rely on your cards. I have my own book now. So now we have to do 3001 episodes of this podcast. How many <laughs> years is that? <laughs> um, you guys are set uh, for the next 15 year plan. <laughs> 15 years? Yeah, sure. Have, now we have an answer. Out. For that awkward question, we all get in interviews. Where do you see yourself in five years, in 10 years? I'm going to be reading Would You Rather questions on my podcast. I've got at least 2,000 more to get through. (laughs) Oh Um, my God, I love it. It was kind of a crazy, crazy, fun weekend. It was just just a really fun time. May is going to be really busy for the bows, so I'm really excited about it. I love it. I'm so excited for you. You guys are amazing. Seriously, guys, if you are in Chicago ever, even if you don't live there, if you're visiting... Go follow the feathered bows and find out if they have a show. I've been to Thank like you. what three now, four now. I just love it. Three. <laughs> yeah, I'm a groupie. Just a bunch of fools up there. Being crazy. They're the best and singing the really best. beautiful harmonies. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. Such, it's such a good blend. Like you have all the musical theater. You've got current pop. You've got. I mean, I just yeah. I love it. It's so much Thank fun. I actually fun. did um, cabaret last night from cabaret. Yes. And it was fun. It was like, we got, I was a roaring ovation after that. Oh, <laughs> to my I love to hear it. I love to hear it. It was fun. <laughs> um, awesome. Cool. So without further ado, Courtney, what's yeah. our question today? What are we trying to figure out today? When we were recording one of our earlier episodes, the one about privacy, mm-hmm. we kind of like, made a little joke about the Amish and how that doesn't apply to them because like they don't use technology. And I kind of thought that would be an interesting topic because very few people know and like understand a lot about the Amish, but the town where I grew up has a very large Amish population. And actually my like best friend from high school, her family used to be Amish. And so I thought I'd like do a little bit more digging and I would answer the question, 
what's the deal with Amish people? <laughs> what is their deal? <laughs> what is the I deal? Mean, it goes beyond <laughs> buggies and carts and churning butter for 45 minutes. What is right? the deal? WTF Amish people. Now, what's going on? I have a little bit of experience with Amish people. Um, so I'll chime in when we get to those points. Yes. But yes. I have a little bit of experience myself. Ooh, can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> um, okay. So just to kind of start off, I have a little like intro background about the Amish. And some of this was stuff I really didn't know. Um, I think we all know like the Amish are known for simple living and plain clothing. Mm -hmm. You know, they kind of uh, adhere to like Christian pacifism. Like they don't participate in the military or anything. And then obviously their unwillingness to adopt modern technology. I thought Um, you were going to say, and obviously cheese. And obviously cheese and butter and baked goods. We'll get to all that. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, But I never realized the Amish movement can actually be traced back to the early 1500s in Switzerland. That's where it all begins. Yeah. So that's kind of when the first... So we're going back in time. We're going back back in time. They're still there. We're going back to where they began. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so that's kind of like where the first pieces of the puzzle start to appear. And then in the early 1700s, that's the, when the term Amish kind of became known. And it was actually used as a degrading term for the followers of Jacob Amman. It's A-M-M-A-N is his last name. So they called his followers Amish. And it was just kind of like basically poking fun at them for their beliefs and for following this guy. No and way. he was in, yeah. And so he was an Anabaptist leader in Switzerland. So that's kind of where, you know, where this whole thing began. Yeah. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, um, Anabaptist, uh, Anabaptism is like a religious movement that includes groups like the Amish and the Mennonites, like those much more conservative groups. That's interesting. I mean, I guess I never really made the connection between like the Dutch speaking like Switzerland, like all that area over there. And then Dutch got over here. So that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. And then, so in the mid 1700s, um, about 500 Amish people migrated to North America and most of them settled around Lancaster County in Pennsylvania, which is what people commonly think of when they think about Amish people, it's Lancaster County. And yes, it is Lancaster, not Lancaster. We know you're an outsider when you say Lancaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, and then like, no, go like, ahead. They just immigrated, like, not like Lancaster County, Pennsylvania is easy to get to. Like, surely they traveled on a boat. They didn't just fly into Lancaster County. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think they a had a while planes. to get there. They're just like, <laughs> We made it, guys. This is it. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know how they would have found found their way to that particular area, like why they chose that area, yes. but... That's a good they, question all on its own. Like, how yeah. did people like figure out like, yep, this is the spot back in the day? Yeah, I've never understood that. Like, so I know there is a town near Pittsburgh. I believe it's called Denora. I always get it wrong, but I think it's Denora. And it has a very high percentage of Irish Americans because a lot of Irish people settled there because it looked like Ireland to them. It's like Mm. big green rolling hills. And so to them, it was like, this kind of feels like home, let's stay here. And so that's kind of, I wonder if that's maybe why they ended up in Lancaster, that it was like, well, this area is not inhabited and it feels familiar, let's just stay here. I feel like it might've, it could have, it was definitely that, but I like to think of it, there's probably some like really pissy gay that was like, (laughs) I'm not going, this is it. This okay. is where I'm stopping. I am done. I'm, I'm not, not taking anymore. one more step. <laughs> Jackariah, I'm staying here. I cannot sit in that wagon anymore. I'm going to have Jack- hemorrhoids. Yeah. Jackariah was like, guys, this is it. That's where we're staying. We're done. We're done. <laughs> we have found Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So continuing on into the 1800s, like more and more members of the Amish moved to North America and they established different factions. So like more progressive members broke off and became known as Amish Mennonite, but eventually kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, became the Mennonite church. And so that was like approximately two thirds of the people who moved here moved over into the Mennonite faction, which is much more, I hate to say liberal, but compared to the Amish. Yeah. Yeah. No, they are for sure. (laughs) Um, So uh, all the Mennonites are Amish, but not all Amish are Mennonite. Is that accurate? So they are technically two separate groups. So in Mm. this instance, a whole group of Amish came over. Two thirds of them were like, eh, we're going to like, you know, get a little more modern. And they became Mennonite. 
But then the remaining more conservative-minded group established what is commonly called the old order Amish. And those are the ones that are very, that is what people think of when they think of Amish people. You're thinking of old order Amish. And even within the old order, there are subgroups. So there's like the Lancaster Amish in Pennsylvania. There is the Schwartz and Truber Amish in Ohio, the Buchanan Amish in Iowa. And so I'll talk a little bit more about like how those groups work. Um, But yeah, I mean, when you're thinking of like Amish people today, it is old order Amish. Gotcha. So what's interesting is that in Europe, there wasn't that same kind of division. And so like the entire Amish community in Switzerland eventually merged with the Mennonites. So like Amish people don't even really exist in Switzerland anymore. What? They all just became Mennonite. Like they're, they're, that, that whole culture just them. like transplanted over here. <laughs> and then they were all disconnected because they couldn't text to be like, hey, you guys are using phones now? Oh, cool. We'll, we'll use those too. <laughs> are you guys still manually churning butter? No. Yeah. You're buying at a store? Okay. All right. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> Did you buy a tractor? Nope. Still using a donkey? Great. Love it. <laughs> Gertrude. Oh. We're going to name her Gertrude. Gertrude. I love it. So then moving into the 20th century, a lot of changes took place that really formed the Amish community into like what we know it to be today. So mm. World War I caused a massive decline in people speaking German, which apparently, you know, with having immigrants come to the U.S., there were a lot of people in the U.S. that spoke German. But after World War I, it was kind of like, we don't speak German anymore. Like, that's mm. a no-go. We're not doing that. So that led to a lot of new language barriers because Amish speak what is known as Pennsylvania German or more commonly called Pennsylvania Dutch. So that introduced a whole new level of language barriers that they had really not had to deal with before. And then World War II escalated that even further and also brought up issues with the Amish in regards to military service because they do not participate in that. They are pacifists. However, many Amish people ended up joining what's called the civilian public service. So they worked in operating in like hospitals and things like that. So it was not like a combat type role, but they were huh. still kind of contributing to the war effort in some ways. Interesting. Um, yeah. I thought that was really, I, I had never even like considered that before. Can we do that? I'm, sure. not, I'm not interested. Like I'm not, I don't want to fight. No, thank like, you. I'm subscribed. No, can I like <laughs> entertain the troops, you know? Yeah, I'll do a little USA <laughs> tour. Like, oh my God. Yeah. We have a book of 3001. Would you rather questions? You know Let's what? That's it. it. <laughs> we just go and ask them 3001. Would you rather question until yes. they, they're like, fuck this. Let's each, leave. each service member gets to answer one. It'd be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and then another thing that, you know, is very unique that I had not thought about until 1950, Amish kids went to local public schools. Like crazy. Really? Just yeah. Mixed in with everyone. Just mixed in with everyone. But consolidation and like mandatory schooling rules led them to opening their own schools because Amish children do not attend school past eighth grade. What? Yep. They only are educated to eighth grade. That's and in crazy. 1972, the Supreme Court exempted Amish children from compulsory schooling past eighth grade. And now almost all Amish children attend Amish schools. They have their own little one-room schoolhouses in their neighborhoods, in their, you know, their areas. And that's where all the kids go to school. Like Little House on the Prairie style? Yep. No. Yeah. That's crazy. So another big change that took place is kind of later in the 20th century, more Amish people started opening private businesses, kind of leaving behind farm work, which was like their most common career path. Uh And that was just due to the difficulty of independent farming. It's really hard for you to make any kind of a living as an independent farmer, Um, you know, especially for them in light of the technological advances that they were not taking part in. Hmm. Other people had all of these different tools that they could not really compete with. However, as of 2018, 12,000 of the 40,000 dairy farms in the U.S. are owned by Amish. So now looking at the Amish today, it's actually difficult for us to gauge how many Amish there are because within the community, they're not actually counted until they've been baptized. Like when you ask or look at an Amish, what they refer to as like a congregation of their community... When they tell you how many members belong to it, that's only the people who have been baptized into the religion. So, like, kids are not included in that. Wait, are you baptized? Me? Yeah. Yes, I am. Not as an Amish person. (laughs) (laughs) What? 
<laughs> Why are we discussing this? Yeah. So we're going to talk about their baptism is different. We're going to talk about that. It's not I'm something sorry. that happens right when you're born. Right. That's what I was going to ask you. Does that yeah. happen for you? When I, yeah, I was baptized when I was like two weeks old. Yeah. Same for me. Kim was like, this baby's not going to go into hell. No way. Well, <laughs> we're going to put some water on her head. And then I fucked it all up. <laughs> <laughs> Just put the plain old tap on her. She'll be fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in this, this, this number was insane to me in 2010, it was estimated that there were 241,000 Amish people in the United States. As of June, 2021, that number was 355,000. They're growing. (laughs) They're getting bigger. You would think that like they would be kind of disappearing, but their numbers are growing. You think that's because people are like, I'm trying to live off the grid. Fuck this. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) They might be. Yeah. You know what? I think it's because of Schitt's Creek period. Yes. Because of that episode. They all saw that episode and they were like, we want to live like that. I want to churn butter. I want to go out and hoe in the fields by yeah, myself. Sit, sit <laughs> among the flowers. bugs. <laughs> so 98% of Amish people live in the U.S., but they are in other countries. So there's actually Amish communities in four different provinces of Canada, Ontario, Prince Edward Island, Manitoba, and New Brunswick. And huh. there's two settlements in South America, in Argentina and Bolivia. Oh God. And it, I cannot imagine being Amish down there. Like it's so hot. It's so hot. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) And here's another interesting thing. Since 1950, there have been 75 known seekers is what they call them. Do you know what a seeker is? And I'll tell you, it has nothing to do with Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to assume it's like a recruiter. So it's actually someone who has absolutely no affiliation with the Amish that goes to the Amish and requests to join their community. Oh, that makes sense now that you say that. Yeah. And it says that there, there have only ever been a few hundred people in history that have done that. Like, can you even imagine doing that? No, I, no, I, I cannot. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I don't like to rough it. So no, I can't. No. I, I mean, I have too many tattoos. They're not going to let me in anyways. So <laughs> that's that's that do they have so, a limit or is it like one and you're done i, I mean i don't think you get any <laughs> so yeah but so that's kind of like the the background and a uh, little introduction to the amish so now i want to dig a little more into like their culture and the actual religion that they practice mm-hmm. so as I said, membership begins with their baptism. That usually happens between the age of 16 and 23. And that's a required step for them to take in order to be married within the church. So it's okay. something that they have to choose to do later on. And I know probably a lot of people are like, ooh, Rum Springer, I know what that is. Yeah. We're going to talk more about that in a little okay, bit. Great. I have a lot of info on that. So That's the most fascinating part to me currently. Oh. Oh, I got all kinds of good stuff for you there. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> so with within their, like with their culture, I mean, we talked about like they have the different groups, um, like the Lancaster, the Schwartz and Trubers, the Buchanan, but even within that, they are grouped into church districts. And have you ever seen an Amish church? Uh, not in person. Because they don't have one. They don't have what? churches. Their services are held in their homes. So there's usually about 20 to 40 families that belong to a particular church district and they rotate. They have services at their homes every Sunday. So when I grew up going to church, we went to church, the the church my mom grew up going to in Uh an Amish community. So we would drive through and you could look and be like, oh, it looks like the Millers are having service today because there's 50 buggies (laughs) outside. Like they just go to someone's house and have a church service in their home. What? Yeah, right? It's crazy. Look, you know how insane my husband would be the Saturday before people came over? He, he's like, there's like, going to be 40 <laughs> people here. And he's Hispanic. He'd be like, we have to clean. Top, this this place has to shine like the top of the Chrysler building. Yeah, I remember. It has to be a Macy's fucking window. <laughs> I remember that when we were 
the first time <laughs> I went to Chicago and we went to brunch and we were walking back and you were like, I would invite you up, but my husband's Hispanic. So that I can't do that. I was like, that's okay. <laughs> like there is one piece of paper sitting on the kitchen table. It's a no-go. Like he will not forgive me. I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so with uh, with the way their culture is laid out, there's kind of two key concepts with the Amish community. Um, the the you know big thing is like they very much reject vanity, pride, arrogance. Mm-hmm. They have a very high value on things like humility and composure and calmness. They often refer to it as letting be, which is essentially like kind of submission to mm-hmm. to Jesus, basically, but also basically. just to the community, like they very much follow the mindset of the greater good. It has to like, you have to be thinking of the community, not of yourself. They very much reject individualism. So if someone, yeah. And so if someone does not abide by those expectations, they will then be expected to repent. And then if they don't, they're going to be excommunicated and could even be shunned. And we're going to come back to shunning as well a little bit later. So mm. everyone's favorite topic, Rumspringa. Uh, what do you, what is Rumspringa, Kyle? What do you know of Rumspringa? Okay. So this is what I know about Rumspringa. It's uh, a point. I don't know when it happens in their lives. I think it's mm-hmm. somewhere around 16 years of age. Um, but it's when the teens, they can leave the Amish community and experience like Western life or mm-hmm. how, whatever outside Amish life experiences they want to do and just like live it up for an entire year and do whatever. And then they have to just, they decide whether they're going to rejoin the Amish community or not. That's my understanding of it. Yes. So it is, it's a rite of passage during adolescence. And at that point they, they kind of relax all of those behavioral restrictions that they can experience and gain knowledge of like the non Amish world, Mm -hmm. but they are still under the authority of their parents. Like they still live at home. And this kind of varies a lot between different Amish groups. Some of them are much more relaxed than others. Mm -hmm. And so the literal translation of Rumspringa is jumping around, indicating that they are jumping from the Amish community to the secular world. And in most cases, it begins at age 16, and then it ends when they choose to be baptized into the church or to leave the community. Now, approximately... Oh, yeah, go ahead. When you say leave the community, does that mean like... Like, I'm done. I'm not coming back. Like, I'm leaving. I'm not going to be Amish anymore. I did Rumspringa. I love it out here. I'm not coming back. But coming back, do you mean like, I'm leaving, I'm packing out my bags, I'm leaving town, or does it mean like... I'm just not going to be part of the the thing anymore, but still live in the same place. We're going to, we're going to talk about that. Oh, we're going God. to talk about that. Yeah. Excommunicated. So what's really interesting is that approximately half of the kids, when they reach that age, half of them just continue living as normal. Half of them don't do anything different, hmm. but some may be found engaging in behaviors like dressing English, meaning wearing normal <laughs> clothes. That's what they call it. Dressing English driving vehicles, drinking, not attending their church services. How many do you think return to be baptized in the church? I was going to ask you if you had this statistic. I'm going to make a guess guess that's going to say like, uh, I'm going to say probably around 80% return. About 90% return. Yeah. And there is a documentary on this called uh, The Devil's Playground. I found it yes. on YouTube and I hadn't didn't get a chance to watch it. It's really good. I really want to. Like, I think it would be really fascinating. And there's a lot of like reality TV shows of like, you know, leaving the Amish and Amish mafia and all that shit. None of that's real. No. It's, it's all fake. Of all, it's all scripted. They wouldn't be allowed in there to film like that because yeah. it's just not... Yeah, not what we'll they talk do. about that too. Yeah. All yep. Right. So yeah, but um, interesting thing too, Mennonites also have a rumspringa, which I never knew. It's very similar, but still has some differences. Like for them, I think it starts at 17. And mm. so, yeah, but they also, it's kind of a, you know, with that Anabaptism type religion, that's kind of part of it. Yeah. Um, so that kind oh. of brings us to leaving the community. This is a huge deal. Like, yeah. 
absolutely huge deal. I've heard in my like local community, they always talk about like, if somebody left, they always say like, oh, they turned Yankee or they turned English is kind of the term that they use for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's essentially, there are three ways that you can leave the Amish. One is after Rumspringa. And technically that almost doesn't count as leaving because you haven't been baptized yet. So you're not actually a member of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you can leave after being baptized or leaving as a child when your family makes the decision to leave. And that's actually what my friend's family did. Um, she's the only member of her, her immediate family who never lived in the Amish community. I believe her mom was pregnant with her when they left. She has hmm. four older siblings. Um, and so she's the, she's the only one that never actually lived as being Amish. Interesting. So most often those who leave the Amish, they just move to like kind of a less conservative Anabaptist group, most often the Mennonites. And that is what my friend's family did. They were Mennonite for many years after they left the Amish, um, before they went full English, (laughs) full (laughs) Yankee, I guess, and just kind of left religion entirely. But a lot of people are surprised that like more kids don't leave after Rumspringa, right? Like you'd think that taste of freedom would be like, irresistible. And you're like, I'm out of here. This is way better out here. Mm -hmm. But if you think about like, so put yourself in this position, you're like 17, 18, you are going to leave behind your entire life. You will have no support. You will have no family. You will have no friends. You have an eighth grade education. You have no money. You have no job. If you're lucky, you might've learned some kind of skill, like, you know, carpentry or something with farming, but For the most part, you're going to be looking at a minimum wage job. You have nowhere to live. You only own Amish clothing. Like that is such an impossible leap to make. Yeah. But I mean, obviously that's not to say people haven't done it. I mean, I've heard stories of like, you know, they make connections while they're on Rumspringa and it's like, I don't think I want to go back. Cool. You can stay with my family. We'll kind of help you out, get your, you know, get on your feet, get your GED, whatever. But it's like, you're in a very ill-prepared place to take on the world. Right. And that's by design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I found an article on vice.com that was called 10 questions for an ex-Amish person. And it mm-hmm. gave really interesting perspective on that decision by a woman named Misty who left the Amish when she was 22. So I'm just going to read like two of the questions and answers they asked for her because I think it gives really good perspective. Hold on. So... For Misty, did she, was she baptized into the Amish? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. She was baptized into the Amish and then decided to leave. Gotcha. So the first question um, that I'm going to read was, what were some of the biggest hurdles when it came to leaving? Her answer was trying to block out the idea I'd go to hell. The Amish Mm. believe that if you are baptized into their church and then leave, you will 100% go to hell. When you have believed something your whole life, you can't just get over it in a few days. So even though I felt I was doing the right thing, there were moments when I was afraid and questioned myself. The biggest physical challenge was that I didn't know how to survive or act in the outside world. I didn't know how to get a job. I'd only had up to a third grade education. It felt like I was teleported from the 19th century into the 21st. I put on a brave face, but in reality, I was terrified. Oh my God, what? How, like, how do you find the strength to do that? Like the courage that takes. What? <laughs> my brain is boggled. Yeah. How do you only have up to a certain level of education? Like, I don't. Because the Amish, because it's all about community. So once you reach that age, it's just like in like pioneer days. Once you reach that age, we need your help at home. We have, we have work we need to do and you're old enough now you need to be doing it. So you're done with school. You're going to be at home working with us. Yeah. It's little house on the prairie shit, Kyle. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) That would terrify me quite honestly. But it it boggles my mind that she got to 22 years of old with such like a limited knowledge of the world and education. Like, yeah. Holy moly. It's crazy. So then the next question they said, or they asked her was what confused you about the outside world and what was a pleasant surprise? Her response was, 
almost everything on the outside seemed strange. For example, I had to learn to use deodorant. I found it very strange to brush something under my arms. I'd seen it before, but had never understood what it was. I thought it was some form of solid perfume. I also found it exhausting to pick out what clothes to wear every day. In strict (laughs) Amish communities, right? In strict Amish communities, like where I'm from, you only have two work dresses, then a few church dresses in different colors. Everything also felt loud and scary. The electric lights hurt my eyes and I was constantly turning them off. I was even scared of the hairdryer at first because it made so much noise. I felt very overwhelmed for about six months. Everyone on the outside was kind and they encouraged me to embrace my talents and be myself, unlike in the Amish community where you're pressured to conform. I also really enjoyed going to different restaurants and trying different foods, but probably the most amazing thing about the outside world was running water, hot and cold. Oh my God. Like those tiny, tiny little conveniences that we completely take for granted and don't think twice about just completely changed her world. Courtney, I have a question for you. How many work dresses do you have? Um, I don't have any. (laughs) I have one. That's not true. That's not true. I think I still have two dresses from my old job from when I would have to go to the office. <laughs> I have um, an eating dress and that's about it. There you go. Everything there else you is... go. <laughs> Everyone needs a good moo-moo, you know? I love an eating dress. Listen. So what was really interesting, this woman's story was was somewhat unique. Um, the her Her history with her family, her father had passed away, so her mother had remarried. And the stepfather was not keen on having these two daughters that weren't his. They ended up being sent to another like district and put with other Amish families. Mm -hmm. She ended up living with the bishop or the leader of that community. And she alleged that he sexually abused her. And then she discovered that he, or believed that he was also sexually abusing his 12 year old daughter. No. She went to the police which is not something the the Amish do. You do not, like, we don't involve the outside world. We handle our problems here. And when she had no evidence and, you know, no witnesses, they were like, we really can't do anything because she won't, like, the little girl won't talk to us. Nobody in the community will talk to us. We can't do anything. Here's the thing. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Stab him. Yes. For real. Just go for it. Yeah. You're going to take take matters into your own hands and stab that motherfucker. Yeah, stab him. It'd be I think it's a great idea. So, she did leave um after that. That was kind of like mm-hmm. the the trigger for her to be like, "I'm out. Peace." Um yeah, no and shit. she said she has had absolutely no contact with her mother and stepfather since that time. She and her sister do exchange letters about 3 times a year, but her sister is still in the Amish community. She's married and has children. And she, you know, they don't really have much of a relationship, but she is willing to exchange letters with her three times a year. Wow. Wow. I can't imagine. Right. So, you know, oh, go ahead. something that you did, you said about um, her experience is that she felt very overwhelmed in the outside world. Yeah. I, I can fully understand that once you've lived in such like a quiet um, understated life being just mm-hmm. let loose in the world that we have today. I can imagine yeah. being very like, what the, f- what, who, who, where, what is that? Right. There's well, so was, much noise. And it was like the thing with the hairdryer and like the electric lights are too bright. Like, yeah. Until like she finds lights, a vacuum. Right. Well, it's like, you know, you would think like, oh, but you were on a farm. So you've heard machinery. No, they mm-hmm. don't use it. Like, We'll talk about how they, some have started to accept some technology, but it's still pretty, pretty limited. Um, But so the idea of her leaving the community and not having contact with her family leads us into another very interesting topic, shunning. So before we get into shunning, let's take a quick break with a little message from our sponsors and then... (laughs) And then we're going to talk about shunning. (laughs) Oh my God, let's shun it up. Let's shun it up. (laughs) Hey friends, it's Kyle and Courtney, and we want to hear from you. That's right, you. What burning questions do you have? We'll do all the research. DM us on Instagram at Kyle and Court Have Questions. And while you're at it, give us a follow and maybe a share. 
Okay. Oh, definitely. Definitely yeah. a share. For sure. All right. Bye. Bye. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> we missed Sticking you. around through that little commercial break, you guys. We missed you. So, okay. Yep. Lord, let me ask you. Have you ever shunned somebody? I don't think so. I mean, I guess you could it's say such, that's like similar to doing like the silent treatment, but yeah. I don't think I've ever done that either. It's like such a power bitch move. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I, have, I, I don't have power you? bitch energy. I'm too anxious. You're like, a you Taurus. You have it. Are you oh, yeah, true, true. Um, we, <laughs> don't be mad at me. Kyle, don't be mad at me. What did we, so we talk about it? You want to grab mimosas? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I feel like shunning is like a total power bitch move for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I've Helen Keller you. I don't see you. I don't hear you. Um, and until, not exist. Uh, don't bother talking to God because he shunned you as well. So yeah. until we've decided you're not shunned, don't talk to us. Bye, bitch. <laughs> Maybe drive off a bridge while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you've watched The Office, you may have a little understanding of this from the episode where Dwight shuns Andy repeatedly. I don't remember what the catalyst for it is, but he gets mad at Andy and he's like, I'm going to shun you. And Andy keeps like asking him <laughs> questions and Dwight goes, unshun. That's fine. Shun. He just keeps oh my like, God, unshun. Yes. Shun. <laughs> well, you also get a little bit of that from like uh, Shroot Farms. Oh yeah. And when mm-hmm. they go like, when Pam and uh, they go to the, the B&B. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yep. Okay. Sorry. Continue. So, so shunning is just the act of like social or emotional distancing. And it's a formal decision to cease interaction with someone. And it follows a particular set of rules, <laughs> but it, it differs from excommunication. It may be associated with excommunication from the church, but they're not the same thing. Um, and they actually, they consider shunning to be like a critical practice to maintain the integrity of the church because they see it as a means of like enforcing that individual's commitment to God and their community. So a quote from an article that I read stated, Amish practice shunning out of tough love in order to get a deviant person to see the error in his ways, change his behavior and reaffirm his commitment to the church. Without rules and shunning, the integrity of the Amish church would rapidly disintegrate. And that same article explained it's actually a biblical decision by the Amish Amish church. So they said there's passages that are often cited in support of shunning, um, and it listed some of these out. I don't know what these are. Matthew 18, 2 Thessalonians 3, 14, and it gives the quote that it says, and if any man obey not our word, Note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. No. Well, all right. I'm going to start using that, that in my dating. That would be so crucial, like so hard on me. If someone shunned me, like gave me the cold shoulder, I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, excuse me, I have to go kill myself. <laughs> I'd be like, what did I do? Help me. It's not a good, not a good, it's not the vibe. But despite all of its criticism, shunning is considered to be an integral part of Amish life because it does like they said, upholds the integrity of the church and you, they believe it maintains a strong community. You're basically just peer pressuring people yeah. to like do what you want. Do you think they have like a shun quota? It's like, well, I've only shunned two people this month. I, I got to really... have three people shunned. We're supposed to have five a month. We got to hit yeah. quota. Did, did you see anyone like spit? Maybe I saw someone jaywalking. Let's shun them. <laughs> Court, are you not talking to Kyle anymore? He is shunned for jaywalking. Shunned. shunned. He wore... A leather jacket. John. I'm just <laughs> he wore I'm that marigold. The, <laughs> the the lip sync that I did because Karen and Georgia told the story of Edward Gingrich, who was the oh, yeah. first Amish man convicted of murder, which was in my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I kill someone too if I was Amish. Right. And they joke about like the you know, he was considered to be a rebel, and they were like, What's a rebel? And they're like, He put cinnamon on his oatmeal, he wore his hat askew, like, kicked a rock one time, he like, kicked a rock, and they like, told him to kick what rocks. makes you a rebel in the Amish community? I mean, I it's probably not much, it doesn't take much, it really doesn't. Anything that you do to like make yourself stand out is a no go, don't do that. <laughs> he came to church with wet hair. Oh my god. He wore a blue shirt two days in a row. All of a sudden, we're like 1950s transatlantic. I know, I love it. <laughs> Reginald. Okay, so 
moving on to kind of like their way of life a little bit more into that community and cultural aspects. So yeah. everything is regulated by what they call the Ordnung, which is rules. That's just their like little German that, word. No, no, Ordnung. no. That, that was pulled out of a science fiction. That was Ordnung. straight out of Star Wars. I'm convinced no. it was. Nope, Ordnung. Um, and so most, most Amish communities now live very similarly, but it does vary slightly between like the different districts and communities. Um, and it dictates all of their matters, like how they dress. Uh, are there any permissible uses of technology? What religious duties do they have? Like what rules do they have regarding interacting with people outside of the community? An example that came to mind is from my hometown. The last Saturday of June every year, the local Amish community where my grandma lives holds a giant auction. Like everyone in town knows it's like, are you going to the Amish auction? Are you going? Like Hmm. I will, the last weekend of of June, I will drive to my parents to go to the Amish auction on Saturday. And it's like, it's just a huge community event and they auction everything. And so like with that community, obviously their rules are a little more relaxed as far as interacting with the outside community. Also because because their area is so rural, like for them to get to stores and stuff like that to do their shopping, they we're talking four lane highways. They can't take their horse and buggy to go yeah. to Walmart. They can't get there safely. So people will volunteer. Like there are people who have like 15 passenger vans and they'll like, hey, on Saturday morning, we're going to the store. And like one person from each household gets in the car and they all go do their shopping. And we have the most offensive nickname for it. <laughs> Oh my God. We call them, <laughs> when you see that van full of Amish people, you say, oh, look, there's the Yoder toter. <laughs> you don't know Yoder is a very common Amish um, last name. My so. ex's last name was Yoder. Yeah. I went, to, I went to high school with girls who were named Yoder. Yeah. So oh yeah, but that's God. what we call it. Like, oh, it's the Yoder, Yoder toter. toter. And like, we would say, oh, well, you know, Arden can't come to the picnic today because he's got to take the Amish into, into the store. Like... So it's like they do interact very much with the local community, but it takes a long time to get to that level. Like if I were there, they would not really address me because they don't know me very well. Mm-hmm. As opposed to my grandmother, who's been their neighbor for 35 years. Right. Like, you know, so it takes a long time for them to get to that point, but yeah. they do interact and they're very friendly. Like when I drive down to my grandma's, I pass a horse and buggy. We wave at each other. Like they always wave. Little yeah. kids always get excited. They start waving and jumping up and down and like, you know, so they are friendly. It's not that they're unfriendly. They're just kind of more reserved, little yeah, standoffish for sure. at first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and then again, like we talked about before, like they very much reject individualism. So everything is focused on the community and on family. Family is like the central part of their life. And yeah. I'm sure you know, the Amish have very large families, mm-hmm. especially those who farm because they're just, they're, they're creating they, laborers. They need the workforce. <laughs> <laughs> they have their own domestic supply of infants. Girl, I was Shout wondering out to when, Amy when one of us going to say that. And then another big thing, obviously, that we're all familiar with is the clothing. What's mm-hmm. interesting is that there is some symbolism to their clothing and their appearance. Really? So, yeah. So men wear uh, solid color shirts, brimmed hats, dark mm-hmm. suits. They grow beards to indicate marital status and humility. So they will not grow a beard unless they're married. So if you see a cute really? Amish boy without a beard, he's available, ladies. <laughs> Yeah, my aunt, on that. My he aunt used to be, tease me about that all the time. She'd be like, that one looks pretty cute. He doesn't have a beard. You could go you talk to him. And I was like, no. <laughs> you could be wearing an Amit, a, a bonnet by next week. Get in there. Hard pass. <laughs> um, but one thing, they cannot have a mustache. Why? Because a mustache is considered to be a symbol of the military. And due to their pacifism, what? they cannot have anything that... They identify as being affiliated with the military. So my first thought about that is Hitler. His, <laughs> the most recognizable mustache in history. Why can't you have a mustache? Because of Hitler. <laughs> Let's blame Hitler. It's his I mean, mustache. If you think about it, like think of Amish people you've seen. They have that full beard, but yeah. never on their, no hair on their top lip. That is always left bald. <laughs> I, wish you, a mustache. I wish you guys could see my face right now. It's like the meme with all the mat- mathematics. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what your face is right now. Yeah, that makes literal no sense at all. If you're Amish and you're listening to this podcast, please 
please write in and tell us why no mustache. If you're What's Amish and you're listening to this podcast, Maybe don't let the elders know. Out. They're going to shun you. Maybe they are out of it. Maybe they're on Rum Springer. We're going to help but you turn Yankee, okay? Need, we are here for you. I need someone with some insight to tell me about this no mustache thing. Yeah. And then, so then the women, again, they wear long, solid color dresses with aprons, and they always have bonnets to cover their hair. Mm-hmm. Single women wear a black bonnet, and married women wear a white bonnet. And so you they know, use the beards and the bonnets to signify their marital status because they are forbidden from wearing any form of jewelry. They don't wear any jewelry at all. Maybe that's why they can't have a mustache. That's jewelry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's jewelry. I love it. Now, one thing I thought was really interesting. I mean, all of their clothing is sewed by hand. Yeah. The old order Amish, like the ones that are still very, very conservative, they all use for their clothing, they use hook and eye closures or metal snaps for everything, but they never use buttons because buttons are considered too flashy. Oh my God. You know those flashy <laughs> buttons? Do not give me a sheen on my button. It's just, <laughs> you might as well mark me as a cabaret dancer. Oh my God. Kyle, they wouldn't know what to make of you and your sequins and tassels and fringe. I was absolutely the devil. Yeah, they would be like, what is that man? What He has hair on his lip too. (laughs) That's my ultimate jewelry, you guys. Leave me alone. (laughs) Now, Um, the kind of new order Amish, like the ones that are a little more accepting of that stuff, they, they use buttons. They're okay with buttons. Like I think the ones in my grandma's neighborhood, I feel like the men I've seen their, their shirts have buttons, like they use them. You literally just blew my mind with that button comment. Like, like that, all it took was buttons to blow your mind. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite topics when it comes to the Amish, the food. Oh, it's my favorite topic for it. most things is the food. That's really what life is about. True. So, yeah. So Amish are known for like very simple, traditional foods, mm-hmm. um, and you'll see them sold at markets and like where I, where I live, there's always roadside stands that they'll set up yeah. and they'll sell like pies and preserves and bread mixes. And they'll have like pickled produce and, you know, an array of desserts and canned goods. And, you know, they have all these different things. And like you had mentioned, some of them even, they have restaurants to like serve visitors yeah. in the area. Um, so if you ever have the opportunity to get like Amish food, just, just do it. Literally, yeah, like again, it's the so Amish good. baked goods cannot be surpassed. And that's so the auction that I mentioned earlier, that's literally my favorite part. They have like a food tent. And so they have like, you know, sandwiches and stuff because you're there all day. So like they yeah. serve sandwiches and things like that. But then they'll always have like boxes of like donuts and bread and all that stuff that you can like buy and take home. Mm-hmm. And it's like I walk out of there like fucking little fat kid walking out I'm like, oh look at all my baked <laughs> yeah. goods. I'm gonna go home and eat them all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I can relate. Yeah. Now one thing I the it was so weird. This article that I was looking at it specifically commented that the Amish community's meat consumption is comparable to normal Americans but they tend to eat more preserved meat, which makes sense. They don't have freezers. Wait, so how I'll do they that. keep it? Like, just like in a shed? Do they bury it? Like, what are they, what? Yeah, so, I mean, depending on how you prepare it, like, they may have a shed to, like, smoke meats, and they have everything out there, or if they do, like, salt curing, like, a lot of times they'll have, like, in their basement, they have what used to always be called, like, a root cellar. That it's just dug out of the earth and it's all, you know, damp and dark and disgusting. Um, but Sounds stuff so can be preserved down there. Oh, it's gross. <laughs> but like they, <laughs> they will preserve stuff down there because it stays like dark and cooler than anywhere else. That sounds like yeah. maggot central. Right? Uh, hard well, I guess if you're like I'd be killing a everything with salt, <laughs> you know, true. I'd be like, you guys got any more of them donuts? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I am a donutitarian. I'm just eating donuts morning, noon, and night. No, it's like you come down for breakfast and you hear like you smell like bacon cooking, and you're like, "Is that today's bacon, or was that? Is that when from, did we get is that, that bacon? root cellar? Yeah. Ooh, which I'm which pig hungry. did Sorry. we kill? <laughs> it's Francine. 
I got Francine. Damn it, Francine. <laughs> she was my favorite. Francine. Another big thing is technology. We've touched on it a few times. Like yeah. most of them now allow like a motorized washing machine. Some are starting to allow some indoor plumbing. Um, some will allow them to use like tractors or lawnmowers. Many of them now have access to phones, not necessarily in their home, but like in a barn, like their barn or their neighbor's barn. And a lot of that came about because of their need to do business. Like Mm -hmm. for anybody who's a carpenter, like they need to be able to take orders. They need to be, you know, able for people to contact them for stuff. So they would have like, and it, for a long time, it was something like, oh, the Yoders have the phone of the community. The phone. The phone. There's like a phone for the whole community. Only be a rotary phone with a 12 foot cord. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those ones that was attached to the wall that you had to like crank it. Oh my God. The crank. (laughs) Yes. Talking to one of those little horns on the wall. They have their very own Amish operator. Get me Yoder. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, so it, it, it very widely varies. Um, as to, to what they're allowed to use. But I mean, again, none of them are using cars. They're all still using horse and buggy. And, you know, so it's, it's. Why though? Like, like wouldn't, uh, wouldn't God want your life to be easier? Like, wouldn't he have made, like made these things that see, this is where my, my logic, like, doesn't like link up. They see it more from the perspective of like people moving away from God and not appreciating the things God has given you directly. What? Like, like what? The earth? Yeah. Well, you know what? God didn't give me this microphone, but I'm sure glad I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He gave you the need to get up at 6 a.m. to milk a cow. Hard pass. Hard pass. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm, I, Have you ever I, milked a cow? Yeah. When I was little, my dad was a dairy farmer. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, oh, next I want to touch on their language. So I mentioned earlier, like the, with the whole language barrier, they speak Pennsylvania German or Pennsylvania yeah. Dutch. Um, at this point, nearly all of them are also fluent in English because they need it to communicate with the outside world. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so <laughs> this is this is the funniest thing. So my my friend Lisa, the one whose family was Amish, she moved to my school in seventh grade mm. and she lived right up the road from me. So she was on my bus. I was like, mm, there's a new girl. Grew up in a very small town. There were very rarely <laughs> new people. So I was like, ooh, a new person. Dress. Who are you? Um, <laughs> and so because she lived up the road from me, a lot of times like I would get off the bus at her house and hang out after school or like ride my bike up. And one day we're at her house. Um, her parents were not home, but one of her older sisters was. And her sis- I hear her sister upstairs, like Lisa's bedroom was on like the ground floor. They lived in a split level house. So it was on the lower floor. And mm-hmm. we hear her sister, Linda, upstairs, like, Lisa, like blood curdling screaming. And she's like, oh, I'll be right back. And I'm like, okay. I'm just like sitting in her room and I hear them screaming at each other. And I'm like, what are you talking doing. about? Like, what, what is going on? And she comes down she's like, she's so annoying. And I was like, what was her deal? And she's like, I borrowed her sweatshirt. And she's like, mad at me or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I could not understand anything she was saying. She goes, oh, yeah. So my family still speaks Pennsylvania Dutch at home. And I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> so that's why I couldn't, got it. And it all makes sense now. I was like. Did you feel like you had slipped into another universe for a second and you were just yeah, like, Yeah, I literally, I, like, that was when I found out that I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she goes, yeah, because my family used to be Amish. That's like, full stop, rewind, <laughs> start over. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Now, one thing that I found really interesting when I was doing this research is there's like a whole bunch of stuff specifically about like health and wellness in the Amish hmm. community. Okay. So since all of the Amish people, almost all of them descend from like a few hundred people that moved here, there's a lot of recessive conditions that are more prevalent. Um, one thing I think is really amazing about their community is they are unbelievably accepting of kids who are born with like any type of disorder, like a disability you know, physical or mental disability. My mom worked with a lot of Amish kids 
um, that had autism and different things. And they are just, they're very welcoming and open to like adapting to kind of fit their needs. So it's like, if you have a child who's autistic, well, normally they'd be doing this chore, but that's a little too much for them. So they're going to do this chore that's a little bit easier, but still allows them to contribute. And there's no judgment. There's no like resentment. Like the whole community is just like, that's fine. Well, I feel like you kind of have to be, you created that problem. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's what happens with 200 years of inbreeding. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one thing that I thought was really interesting is they said Amish people actually tend to be more healthy because of their quote unquote clean living. That makes sense. Less pollution, less processed foods, that kind of stuff. And they actually have lower (laughs) cancer rates as a population compared to the general population. Wait, hold on. So they're, they can, uh, they can smoke obviously, but that's like bad for your health. Do they roll their own cigarettes? I, I mean, they're not purchasing cigarettes, I assume. I, you know, I don't think I've ever seen anybody with cigarettes. It's always been a pipe. Hmm. Interesting. Like very old school Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Uh, we but, digress. Yeah, but it's okay. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's interesting because they like reject so much of modern technology, but they're so accepting of modern medicine. Like they will, they will give birth in a hospital. They will receive medical treatments like chemotherapy and radiation. And like, they'll do all of that stuff. They get vaccinated. Like they do that stuff, So, but they won't drive a car. They don't have insurance, but they will have a baby in a hospital. Yep. And the community pays for that $15,000 bill. Here's the thing. I think it's one of those things where like, because they're not billing your insurance, it's one of those things like when you go in and go to the doctor. If you tell them up front, like, I do not have insurance. They're like, oh, we have a low cost plan for people without insurance. Really? So kind of last thing to wrap that up, birth control, mm-hmm. entirely forbidden, except yeah, except in cases where a woman's life could be at risk if she became pregnant. So if the doctor says like, your body cannot handle another pregnancy, you will die they will allow her to be put on birth control to prevent that from happening. I have so many, so many thoughts about this. But with that, they cannot partake in anything. Like they cannot do IVF. There will be no genetic testing done. Like all of that stuff. Nope. We're not doing any of it. But man, so you're, you're, they will, they'll allow you to use birth control in the event that the mother is, uh, her life is threatened. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's how it should be, quite honestly. Right. And so, yeah. So that's what I I have for you. So quickly, I'll just recap um, some references. I got a lot of information from Wikipedia, vice.com, specifically that article, the 10 questions for an ex-Amish person. And then I got a bunch of information. I can't believe this is a website. Amishamerica.com. Okay. They have tons of articles about why do the Amish practice shunning and what type of medical, you know, stuff is used in the Amish community. I mean, there were tons of pages. So I pulled a bunch of stuff from there. Did they have anything about bloodletting? Is that still a thing in the Amish community? I didn't see anything about bloodletting. I don't think they do that. What about (laughs) recipes? Was there a recipe section? Um, There's not, (laughs) but I mean... Lisa's mom makes the best baked goods. I could be like, hey, Martha, you want to hand me some uh, Martha, some of course. You know what I think is probably the the most uh, scary costume at Halloween in Amish community? What? A button. A giant button. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, I know maybe, what I'm going as next yeah, year. <laughs> I'm going as a big, flashy, four-hole button. Dress up as a button and just, I'm going to make it a sequined button to get really stand out. <laughs> and then I'm just going to walk down the street. I'm going to polish it. I'm going to polish it so it shines so nice. It's going to be the shiniest button you've ever seen. (laughs) Courtney, this was awesome. Thank you so much. It was Uh, fun. We learned a lot, especially about buttons. Especially Um, about buttons. Okay. All right, Courtney, would you rather have snakes for hair or wheels for feet? Wheels for feet because I'm fucking scared of snakes. (laughs) (laughs) You could run away from your own hair very fast. (laughs) I mean, that would just be way more efficient. Just, I mean, that's basically just like roller skates. <laughs> what would uh, what would be the advantage of having snakes for hair? I mean, you, I don't think there is. Would one. you be able to turn people to stone like Medusa? Would that be an accompanying 
feature? I think, yeah, I think that would be the only way that it's acceptable. Can you imagine it your would hair have just to. moving at all times? Just oh my god! No. Oh my god! No! <laughs> it's like hate my desk. <laughs> I hate that so much that I just came Ooh. up with that. Um, I think I would rather have wheels for feet as well. I'd be yeah. like burning these streets up like a motherfucker. Just yeah, yeah. For it, That's... I could get to McDonald's so quickly. <laughs> get all the chicken nuggets before anybody else gets Give there. Me these chicken nuggets. <laughs> you could go through the drive-through. You could. You would be a vehicle. <laughs> Technically, listen, I'm a motorcycle. Okay. I got two wheels. (laughs) (laughs) It's like those, what is it? Is it progressive or something? Had those commercials where it was like the guy was a motorcycle, like a centaur, but a motorcycle. (laughs) Did you see (laughs) those commercials? (laughs) Um, Would you classify as a one axle or a two axle? Mm. Probably a one axle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If it's just on my normal feet, like if I have my normal legs, then yeah, it's one axle. You'd basically be on one of those little hoverboards. Or what if you like be like a segue? What if your legs fused and became like a unicycle? No, that's upsetting. (laughs) What happens when (laughs) you fall over? (laughs) Also, how how could you pedal? (laughs) (laughs) I hate this question so much. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us this week for Kyle. So much fun questions. I hope you learned something about the Amish. If you are Amish, we love you. We love you. You did it. You're trying your hardest out there. (laughs) You're doing it, Peter. You're doing it, Peter. I love that movie so much. So good. Anyway, we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Courtney, I remembered. I remember what it was, what I was going to ask you. (laughs) I'm scared. What are your thoughts on the term wienering? If someone said... If, if this is a this is a verb, like I, gave, like I saw this TikTok the other day and was like, I gave the girl a, a moderate wienering, and I was like, <laughs> a wienering, and <laughs> I sent this to you because I was so disturbed, yeah. but also could not stop laughing at this term, and I wanted to know your thoughts on it. How do you feel about the term wienering? Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard um, it's it's also terrible. It's I so have upsetting. also heard the term porked no instead of saying like i fucked her like i porked her i've heard that before no you know what quite honestly i would almost rather be wiener than porked i think so too a pork is so vulgar oh it's so bad you know what courtney well i'll wean you later goodbye listen (laughs) why are straight people what's wrong as a straight person why are straight people that's the whole question. Coming up next on Kyle and Courtney Have Questions, <laughs> why are straight people? <laughs> are you going to handle that one? Because I don't have answers. <laughs> I am not qualified to talk about straight people. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Oh, bye. Bye. <laughs>